0: You know what I mean? When you're like you know that you're a little bit
1: sick, but you don't want to You got actually... this like bassy voice and it's got me thinking like if a squirrel could talk, would it have a really high pitch frequency voice like the cartoons, or would it have a low voice like yours? I should probably go with hedgehog. If a hedgehog could talk, would it have a high pitched voice or like the boat bassy baritone voice you've got right now? <laughs> I
0: mean I'm 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 doing a really good job of, of not sounding sick, am I? Or am I failing really bad? I think it's a potential yes. failure.
1: No, I, I think it's a fail. It's nasally, as Listen, in like, like, well, to me anyway, but I can't hear how the good recording is, so.
0: Well, maybe. Maybe it's the uh, sound technology that we use will stop me from sounding like a boogered up.
1: I like sound
0: technology. Bogey bands, man. All right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess we better start the podcast, eh?
1: we always seem to do this let's do this
0: all right i'm starting it here start the
1: podcast i love the silence when we start a podcast
0: yeah, it's really funny, isn't it?
1: It's, it's, it's like, okay, we're gonna go live and then suddenly all noise in the universe just stops. Silence. Just pure silence. That's not how the it's viewers crazy.
0: that's not how the listeners get it though. They get the the theme tune.
1: They get it. Oh yeah, true. They get the they get the whole the the, the um snazzy little upbeat jingle. So and the then, silence is just a
0: cue for me when I'm looking along the waveform of the of the podcast. If I look at a silence spot, that's where I need to go and edit. So we use it as sort of like a marker on the on the waveform of the podcast.
1: There's a tip for you.
0: There's a tip for you new okay. podcasters. That's how you do it.
1: <laughs> so we get silence, and then they get the glorious music, and then the anticlimax. Yeah,
0: we can I pretend we're dancing. If you want,
1: oh, yeah. to... we should probably do that next time. Next time the music's on, and we're si- we should have a silent disco. Silent disco. That's it.
0: Yeah, this sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> oh, Turn it up, man.
1: Turn it up there to eleven.
0: Go. All right. This uh, this this week's podcast is actually called "We're All Gonna Die." Dun, dun, dun. I was gonna add that in. That's why I left some silence. We'll try again. Ready? Try it again. Do it again. <laughs> We're all gonna die. I don't know if that sounds copyrighted or not. We're gonna find out. (laughs) (laughs) If
1: you hear me twice. If you hear me twice going dun dun dun, then you know that it's copyrighted and we just just resampled me just to get around that little that little loophole there.
0: (laughs) We've got some topics today that will all lead to your death. I know it sounds morbid, but it isn't that bad, actually. And sometimes you just need to let the world continue on without you getting worried about it all the time. Um, I'm going to... Last week we started with my topic, and this week we're going to start with General's topic. So I'm going to let him take the floor, and we'll see how we go with it. All right, General, you're up.
1: Okay. Um, well, I suppose uh, I'll go with my sensible topic first, and that is... A really boring topic, but also something I'm quite passionate about, which is: should we be forced, for those of us who have driving licences, to resit our driving test every five years? That's my question. Should we be? Should we resit our driving test I, I every can, five yeah.
0: years? I'm, I'm actually the, the silence was not for all those things we just talked about. It was actually because I'm thinking to myself: five years. I, my license mm. lasts 10 years here in Australia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's interesting because ours are for life once you pass. Oh, I think you okay. have to reset it at the age of 70, I think. Um, potentially, I think you get an assessment at 70, but I'll have to actually factually find that out. Um, but so you the, don't the have to being...
0: rebuy your license every 10 years?
1: No, we have to rebuy them when we don't look like our photos anymore. <laughs> and there is an expiry date on the back. Um, but rebuying them isn't the same as resitting the test. Of
0: um
1: course. and the other thing is that in our country the the laws change, but they don't there's there's no real great communication other than Newspapers, if you subscribe to them or the news channels, uh, you may get them. You don't normally get anything through the door or there's no real social media updates or anything like that. So if uh, for some reason the government decided you're not allowed to turn right anymore, most people wouldn't be aware of it. Um, And there are certain arguments that, you know, like speed limit changes and things like that, like Wales, where I live, for some reasons, trying to push an agenda of... Uh, making everyone drive at 20 miles an hour.
0: Uh, I don't know what. You sit there. Yeah, mm. I was sitting there. I was like, you say whales where I live. I was like, what? You live inside a whale. And then I realized that was the country that you lived in. Um, it is, and I knew it that before. I'm definitely a little bit cloudy in the mind this morning. <laughs> legitimately, little bit, little bit. Legitimately went with Giant Fish House um,
1: for I, a few I'm, seconds. <laughs> I think Donald Trump said the same thing, actually, to be honest with you. He might have, he might have. Uh, <laughs> maybe he was a little cl- little bit cloudy a little bit under the weather for however go. many years he's been alive um so yeah so so wales next to england in the uk where i live uh it's trying to go 20 miles an hour um so they're trying to force everyone to drive at 20 miles an hour and i think it's a backdoor for uh being the first country in the world to have self-drive cars legalized um but they're claiming it's for Uh, pollution and for congestion when it's more congested than ever and the pollution lingers longer and you're revving higher in a lower gear but um i'm sure that's a topic for another conversation you can tell i'm passionate about that as well i I, I had i had had a bit of venom in that didn't i I there is there is
0: a a, this is this is a bit of a controversial topic um speed and and whether or not it causes you know crashes or or not doing the speed limit, causes of crash, all these different things. People will get up in arms, and most people want to go faster rather than slower. But there mm-hmm. was something that I thought about as a child, and this was uh, rolling speed, right? So when you are driving along in a car and you go down a hill, uh, there's a speed that your car will roll at, like its maximum speed, and that's the most efficient speed for petrol pollution and all those things that your car will go. So if you start, you know how they have those dips, maybe you're going across a bridge or whatever, you go down and you go up. And the most efficient physics-wise that your car will go is to go down that hill and speed up while it's going down the hill, not by pressing the accelerator, just by just the car will actually accelerate past. Yeah. Mm -hmm uh that's a, probably the correct word uh it will it will it will accelerate uh due to gravity down the hill and then it will use that power that it gained to to travel somewhat up it won't go the full way cuz of friction and such but it will travel up the other side of the hill at a certain pace um to get up the there and then there's a there's a speed to go up the other side of the hill at that will be the most efficient. So actually we don't consider any of these things when we set speed limits. We consider only that we want to stop people from getting run over and uh, crashing into each other, Uh, which is a, which is not a, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. We do not want people to to run into each other constantly.
1: But what, of course, there's sensible places to reduce the speed limits like by schools or built up areas or public areas. And I'm not against that sort of thing. The thing about the the way they're trying to approach things by blanketing the speed across the entire of the UK instead of focusing on areas of interest like, you know, where there's likely to be uh, an issue sort of like outside schools or in like built up public areas, etc. They're... you know, you, using common sense, I understand and I respect that. And I think it's a great idea. Drive slower in, in areas where you are a high risk. But when you are basically on a dual carriageway with four lanes, uh, with no cars on the road, um, I don't think the need for 20 miles an hour is necessarily required in that instance. Um, what is 20 miles reason... an
0: hour in proper, <laughs> proper speeds, like kilometers?
1: Okay, 20 miles per an hour in kilometers uh, is... Thirty-two point one nine kilometers per an
0: hour. No, that's way too slow.
1: That's what they're trying to force.
0: Do, um And I actually, what, like, everywhere. You the,
1: yep, across the whole of Wales. And what they're trying to do is basically drive. You're, you're driving around in your second gear, not your third gear, at fifteen thousand revs, uh, increasing pollution. Despite the signs that the reason that you're doing it is because you're trying to decrease it. Um, and the reason is because they don't want to do case by case analysis and breakdown on all of the roads. They do want to blanket it across 20 miles an hour for the whole thing to make it safe for everyone. But that's on all so. Roads.
0: Like, I mean, so we have school zones here in Australia, right? And outside of the school zone, in the mm-hmm. speed limit is 40 kilometers an hour. So our standard speed limit is 60. We have 50 kilometers an hour in built up areas. And then we have 40 kilometers an hour out the front of schools. And when you slow down to 40 out the front mm-hmm. of a school, it feels like you are walking. Like it, it is yep, so yep. slow.
1: Like cyclists overtake you. Yeah. that's. The and they, the they make a big point of it as well. <laughs> um, so 60 kilometers per hour is, is closer to um, the speed limits that we we, uh, we have over here currently slightly higher I'd say I think we're about uh 55 no 50 we're about 50 kilometers per an hour which is 30 miles an hour is the standard speed limit now which is not fast but by reducing it by 10 miles you increase the chance of if you're hitting someone which I've got to say isn't as common as as I hear people making out about also um but it does happen and if you do hit someone they have a higher chance of surviving at 20 miles an hour than 30 miles an hour okay well that's
0: true that's I fine. mean. If if you were driving at 10 miles an hour, they would have a higher chance of surviving. But that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. it's the, the purpose of getting in your car and driving is not so that you don't hit people. And, and of, although that seems to be a good side effect, but it is actually to go from point A to point B in a faster mm-hmm. manner than potentially walking or mm-hmm. riding a bike.
1: Uh, the- and I'd love to know how much they've spent on this because public transport could have had that investment. You know, we could have had the tram system back up and running. We could have had the bus fares lowered. The, the train crisis we got for striking at the moment, there could have been some money put into that. <laughs> we could have improved public transport to reduce the number of cars. Um, but going back to the uh, five, five-year 5 testing, you know, saying saying dropping this down to 20 miles an hour doesn't stop someone from... Not knowing the current laws on the road doesn't stop someone's health having changed. We're supposed to declare uh, certain medical things, including degradation of eyesight or um, sleep apnea or other illnesses. We're supposed to declare them to the DVLA, which is our governing uh, driving organisation. Um, we're supposed to declare it to them, and then our licences are supposed to be taken off us, etc., cetera, etc. But there's no mandatory retesting, and. There's a very heavy usage of um, the lack of indication within our country, uh, not just Wales, but in the United Kingdom, where people don't indicate on the roads that they're changing lanes and they'll change three lanes instead of one. Um, You know, there's a lot of things which are law-breaking that either are bad habits that they've picked up or pure ignorance to the actual laws and rules and regulations. And we don't have enough police, transport police to actually... Police the road safely because we're investing in twenty mile an hour signs to be painted on the floor and put up on, on lampposts and stuff to tell people that the new speed limit is twenty miles an hour. So for me, I think even for myself, I think it would be better to have a refresher course that you have to sit every five years. Doesn't have to cost much, just to say yes, this person can still drive within the actual rules of the road. Or if they don't, then they have to reset a test off their own pocket um, and get back at being the standard that's required and if you pulled over a car randomly and they haven't been yeah a uh, driver hasn't been renewed in the last five years or whatever then it's a criminal prosecution you know and it, a, a fine of some kind or points of some kind until they get it sorted um and i think you'll see a lot less cars on the road because people that i know who drive around without licenses wouldn't be able to drive around without licenses um you know there, there's People, older people whose health, or younger people, my age even, whose health's changed since they passed their test. And the other thing that's interesting here, Sonic, is um, if you've got an older driver license, you can actually drive a wider variety of vehicles than you can if you get a driving license as a new person now, because you are eligible to drive buses and big, big uh, uh, trucks and stuff off the old licenses under this grandfather ruling. Right. Um, whereas if you pass now, you're only eligible to drive for 1.5 feet. You know, like it's, <laughs> uh, it's literally, <laughs> it's literally. But it's the same test. In fact, it's probably harder tests now because you've got three tests elements that you've got to pass um, in the UK. Whereas uh, back in the day, you only had to drive one. Really, you just had to get in the car and prove the test. You know, and then the theory test was introduced, and then you know extra tests functionality and simulators and things like that have come out since so so for me i think it's something that you know could also raise revenue for repairing the roads and for making the roads safer and reduce bad driving habits and bad drivers off the road um and and i think it's quite an enforceable thing
0: so i think i mean i've got some data here about the welsh uh, government and how much they estimate if you're interested it would cost yeah, exactly. to make the changeover, and also what they potentially want to save by doing so. Um, the the Welsh government estimates that the initial change in signage would cost thirty three million uh, pounds. That is, or thirty eight point mm-hmm. nine six million euros. I think that is. Um, for that, it could ultimately save fifty eight million or sixty eight. million euros in reduced emergency services and hospital admissions over the next 30 years. What I, I mean, like I, I haven't done any studies on this and I'm sure maybe potentially you haven't done any studies on this, but 30 kilometers an hour is Mm -hmm. like, I mean, there's other problems that come along with driving that slow. I think, I, and, I, and I don't think that they've been thought about at all because it seems to me that the speed limit is always going down. And what seems to happen with speed limits is that people consider them based on this one metric, which is uh, people getting hit. They don't put any money into stopping people uh, walking on the road or, or making roads where people you know, won't won't be on them so that those ones can be faster or, you know, if that being said, um, allowing people better transport to and from, like public transport, this kind of thing. In Australia, public transport is particularly bad. You will spend a long time Uh, with, you know, taking a bus to a train station, which is 30 to 40 minutes away, and then waiting at the train station because the timetables don't match up very well for another 30 to 40 minutes, and then catching the train to where you need to go, which is the major hubs, which could be two hours away and then spending, uh, you know, another 10 to 15 minutes at the other end going from the end of your line to things. So a public transport trip for me to work potentially would take three and a half hours if I worked in Sydney. Um, And that's a lot of that time I'm just sitting either waiting for or uh, uh, changing between the services to, to get where I need to be. I live in quite a a built up area and the only way to get from me to the train station is a bus that travels along. uh, It's a 20 minute drive by car at 60 or 70 kilometers an hour. And I can tell you, uh, if we had to drive down that road at 30 kilometres an hour, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. that would be double, uh, which is a 40-minute drive. Now, now, that's just yep. not a practical amount of time to take out of somebody's day. If the bus was going 30 kilometres an hour, right? I can tell you that yep. that bus would take double its time, which is a 40-minute right already, that is 80 minutes of travel time from home to the train station where your journey basically begins. And is that's an untenable amount of time. The distances from here yeah. to there would make me working in Sydney impossible. I just couldn't do it because I'd never mm-hmm. get to work and I'd never have yep. time to do the things like sleep. So you then have to take into to consideration the welfare system of the country and how that's going to look after all these people that now have severe job uh, prospects limited by the amount that they can travel. Now, it may be different in Wales because the distance between places may be closer. There's a smaller area um, and this kind of things. And these are things, again, I haven't done any studies of Wales, but I can tell you just from a tertiary look at it here in this country, reducing the speed limit to that Amount would have catastrophic effects to the government and to the to the people of the country in regards to travel time to and from work and it would make it almost <laughs> impossible for us to go and gain those jobs in the higher built up areas. We already have a housing crisis going on where rent is more expensive than mortgages where mortgages yep. are you know houses are over a million dollars if you want to buy one yeah. Uh, which nobody can afford, and we have all mm-hmm. of these people living in with their parents in their cars in all these sorts of things, if you took the ability for people to travel for work away uh, practically, they would mm-hmm. and, and, and tried to force them into these areas where the work was, we would literally have a homeless epidemic now these are that's something that I guarantee that's actually have' thought about it.
1: That's actually happening in the UK. So the government is trying to force people to go back to the office because the the Tory-led government that we have uh, in the country is actually uh, in the country of the United Kingdom, not in Wales. Um, We're actually having the problem of uh, the government is very much supportive of getting people back into the office. We're also introduced, uh, we've introduced two changes. Well, sorry. So the first thing is, it's not illegal for us to cross the road on foot, by the way, like it is in other other countries. So we can technically jaywalk, isn't it? It's not a crime. So that might blow a few people's minds. So the pedestrian crossing the road has authority. If they cross the road and they get hit, it's not the pedestrian's fault. We've also introduced a rule for cyclists that they have priority in traffic over, this is quite a new one, over normal traffic. So if they're turning, traffic has to stop and let them through. Um, Even if they're at the T-junction on the side of the road, they get priority over the main road, which is insanity. Um, because they could just turn out in front of you, and if you hit them, you've broken a law because you haven't seen them, despite the fact that you have no chance to see them because they're not given a fair chance to be seen. Um, and South Wales has also been going crazy with cycle lanes. We've got a lot more of these cycle lanes that cut across junction boxes diagonally. Um, but the thing the thing that really, really is quite interesting is... Uh, The statistics from the Department of Transport um, have actually stated very clearly that dropping 30 miles an hour to 20 miles an hour in areas uh, throughout town areas actually doesn't reduce the accidents. It actually increases it because more motorists break the limit at a lower speed than they do at a higher speed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I think... That's that's the kind of thing is that what's the practical speed people will actually go and yeah okay maybe you might be able to find more people or rah rah, rah. but it it gets to like that is just insanely slow At thirty kilometers an hour or twenty miles an hour is like car park speed yeah like driving around in a car park I mean it, okay it's ten or twenty in car parks mostly but thirty I I. My lowest my cruise control will go in my car is 30 kilometers an hour, right? Which is unusual because cruise control will go to 40 in, in a lot of cars. And that's the minimum. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I know this is because my car has a radar and automatic drive and all this sort of stuff. And it can figure out how far ahead the car in front of me is and all that sort of stuff. And, and it will allow me to sit in a traffic jam and drive me along at 30 kilometers an hour. Now, I can tell you, at 30 kilometres an hour, I'm basically in a traffic jam. That's how slow I'm going.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, I've actually it, been in traffic jam. This bank holiday, where we have been forced that all the cars on the motorway were basically between 10 and 20 miles an hour the entire time, that, that's what is the definition of a traffic jam. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I have to leave earlier to go to work now. I have to leave about 20 minutes to 30 minutes earlier to go to work. I work in another area of South Wales from where I live. And I used to get there in 16 minutes. I get there somewhere between 20, 26 and 34 minutes now.
0: Now, I, I mean, there are some stipulations here, and we're just two guys talking about something that we uh, understand in a tertiary glance. But I can tell you that, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously this is the default speed limit. It isn't the speed limit that would be everywhere. There will be roads that have higher speed limits, of course. But it is something that we didn't even bring up as a topic because the topic is, should we have to sit a driver's test every five years? And I would say after a certain age, that is a good thing. We we have that in Australia where every, once you pass a certain age, you have to sit your driver's test every five years. Uh, and there is quite a large amount of publicity in regards to any major changes to rules such as roundabouts and things like this. Um, you know what? It's a funny thing we did the other day with my daughter turning 16 getting and trying to do her L's. And she was unable to get them the first time, which is okay. I didn't get mine the first four times, if I'm really honest, because uh, I never read no book. I just went in and won it, right? <laughs> and I'm sure there's plenty of people. But it, actually we have systems here now to get your license where if you fail the test three times in a row, you have to wait six months before you can try to do the test again. So you really do have to do the study and you have to do the work to get the the card now here in Australia. And, and our PEAS system, which is our provisional drivers from learners, so you get your learner's license first. You have to have that up until you are 17. Once you're 17, you can, I think it's 16 and nine months, but let's call it 17 for the purposes of this conversation. And you can get what we call your uh, red PEAS. Your red peas are your first provisional license, and that license has a speed limit of uh i believe it 's eighty kilometers an hour, or could be ninety and okay. you have to have that for one year you then that you have to sit a practical and uh, a practical and uh, theoretical test to get your peas as well, so you sit the learners then you sit your practical. And then you can drive around on your own, but you're not allowed to have passengers after a certain time at night. You're not allowed to drive certain calibers of car and so forth and so on. And then you move to the next year where you go into your green peas. Now, the the next year is actually a two-year stint uh, of which you need to do a test for. And then you finalize your green peas with a final test to get your your license so that's a three-year provisional period after your one year of of learner's license that you need to have so it's quite okay. an extensive process to get your license here in australia it's
1: more than we have to do
0: right i mean when i was young i didn't have to do uh, all of that i did the l's and yep. then i did the uh, P's test um and then I had my P's for a year and was handed my license. So that was what I had to achieve. Now, they well, did uh, change that due to probably the concerns that you're bringing up. And yeah, yeah. It, it is quite extensive here now. So to get your license, you have to go through multiple tests. You have to pass all of those tests. You have to t- pass multiple practical tests and you have to be an well, efficient driver. The thing that happens, though, if you come over here with an international license, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. my friend who's Mm -hmm. from Egypt who went into Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, I guess, the equivalent of the DMV or the, we call it the RTA. Um, I don't know what Mm -hmm. it's called in Wales. DVLA. DVLA, there you go. The RCVCDC. Um, That's a good (laughs) band, actually. (laughs) Now, uh, they, oh, goodness, where was I going? See, I am sick today, I'm telling you.
1: Um, so you were Indian, talking about the Egyptian friend Yeah, yeah, so the Egyptian friend has
0: the Yeah, thank you, thank you for that uh, My Egyptian friend has uh, a license And uh, she tells me that she uh, purchased that license By going into a uh, into a, I guess, a DMV style thing And saying, mm-hmm. I would like my license And they were like, here's the 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 form to fill out And give us some money And then she was handed her international license when she came Ooh. to Australia, I don't know whether it was in Egypt though. I must have <laughs> I don't know which country. She, she did live in the okay. UK for a little while, um, so I'm not going to claim anything about that. But I'm just going to say she's purchased an international license, come to Australia, and Australia's like, yeah, you can drive with that, no problems. They don't know. Similar <laughs> stories, yeah.
1: So I have similar stories with myself. And driving in countries where the uh, driving is on the other side of the road. Um, But it was still okay to use my British license. Yeah, same same with if I go to America.
0: I can drive in America using my license. I can't use it as ID, though. Isn't that funny?
1: That's interesting. We can. In in most cases, as far as to my knowledge, we can. Uh, we use our driving license the same as we use our passport in a lot of cases. Uh, in fact, in Europe, uh, not too sure post-Brexit what the, the finite details are now, but we were able to do certain haulage flights on just a driving license without a passport. Um, certainly within the uk um, I, think it's Europe, I think it's a specific american changed now um but yeah it's it's interesting our driving licenses are theory test practical test and i think there is an extra awareness test um and you do all that on the l plate uh the mm. red l plate then you've got an optional p plate that you can optionally put on if you wanted to optionally have it on your car uh, not a lot <laughs> of people do <laughs> um, some people do, and uh, other people forget to take them off when the uh, owner of the car, the parent or whatever, drives around. And they're not meant to have uh, the L or the P plates on, but they always seem to forget to take them off because it involves effort and stuff. Um, and that's it. You know, We don't have a three-year process. Um, I think if you fail your test, you've got a certain number of months before you can reset. You can't reset straight away. Uh, there was a time you could, um, but I think that's changed. Uh, again i just you know my my point was that um you know laws change people people change environments change people move um some places in south wales are more roundabout than they are houses and that confuses americans when they come over because they don't really have roundabouts in a lot of places in america for example um so yeah when you bring in a license from another country and you're allowed to drive around in another country I, you know we don't really have any sort of uh, rules and regulations for, for that in play? So well, I went, I went to,
0: uh, at Disneyland, uh, after getting off mm-hmm. the plane with my passport and doing all the things that you have to do there in LAX, I went to Disneyland with my family and we stood in a line for, I don't know, it was, it was about an hour and a half, if I'm honest, to get into this really famous bar, and it's called the Cove Bar. Quiet
1: day in Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, come on.
0: Yeah, well, it was, it was to get this, you know, they have cocktails there and it's, it's a really, like, go and get the lobster nachos and stuff like this, right? This is what they say. And I was like, great, I'm, I'm going to do that. So I stood in the line and we waited to get to the front and we sat down to eat our meal and we ordered, I ordered one cocktail and some lobster nachos. Now, I'm, at the time, I was 35, right? Now it's not like I looked like I was 10. And the girl think- who took my order asked me for ID. I was like, okay, I'll show you ID. No problems." <laughs> it's the first time that's happened to me in a long time. And I showed her my Australian driver's license, which she didn't accept mm. as, as, as ID. She only would accept my passport. And I thought that okay. was such a ludicrous thing for me to be carrying around such an important document in a fun park where I could potentially get it wet or all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that i was very upset about it i went to guest services and, and it turns out it's a thing they don't accept mm. overseas driver's licenses um and they just id everybody as well which is i mean i guess it's I, easy to
1: forge, i guess or make it up and pretend sure. it's an irish irish one or something i do not but
0: also i'm not benjamin button or or uh or robin williams from that movie kid, kid <laughs> or whatever it was called mm. Um, unfortunately I do look my age and, uh, yes, yeah, she didn't believe me that I was old enough to have, have a cocktail. I was very upset about that, but yeah, it's an interesting thing, uh, that happens in the world. Now we've taken so much time up on this topic. Let's get on to our next topic. That's that's really interesting to you guys. We are looking at uh, setting up some premium podcasts for individual topics and they will be available to subscribers and potentially Patreon members, which we haven't set up yet. But uh, keep in mind that if you are interested in getting into a bit more of an in-depth conversation, please uh, leave us a message on our anchor set up or we will have some social medias coming out in our next podcast so if it is the future check that podcast out for our details ah right so the next topic is from myself and this is rogue planets
1: yep rogue planets next topic
0: rogue planets eh So Rogue Planets are, well, this is actually really scary. And if you do have young children, I do advise you caution in allowing them to listen to this and also you know learning a little bit about yourself before you try to explain it because this is something that potentially will keep you up at night. Uh, So if you are one of those people, this is a cautionary tale for you to not listen. How's that sound? (laughs) Terrifying. (laughs) It is. It is terrifying. And it, and and we are all going to die, as the title suggests. A rogue planet is a planet which does not have uh, a home solar system, basically. It's a planetary mass or a celestial body that travels through the universe or the galaxy, not attached to any fixed solar system. So it's just flying through the uh, ether and could come in contact with us at any time and right, there could be one right now if we looked up this has yeah. been touted as the most likely cause of the earth's demise so we look at how the earth could come to pass um, in the future and we look at the sun it's only got about five billion years left uh, until that's you know our situation here will be untenable and you know other things that could happen, we could get hit by an asteroid, which is, you know, happens around about every sort of forty million years. So that's a closer event, but actually the most likely event is that a rogue planet enters our solar system. Now it doesn't actually have to hit us. These planets are, you know, full planet size. So the size of Mars, uh, flying around in the galaxy, and that could smash in, smash into our solar system and just throw the gravitational forces off uh, and planets would just start flying everywhere. Now, I don't know about you, mm. but that sounds absolutely terrifying to think that at any time this planet could just fly by our solar system and, and just start dragging the, the uh, what do they call orbits of the planets out of alignment, and then all of a sudden our planet, changes by a few degrees and we would be either fried
1: or uh or frozen to <laughs> death <laughs> shaking under our duvets um okay okay so i've seen this film recently i think it came out last year called don't look up leonardo dicaprio jennifer lawrence
0: i don't know if you've seen that i have seen the movie yes.
1: yeah okay so um i found that quite an interesting commentary on society although it was a little bit um Far fetched, a lot of people say blah 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 blah, blah and I didn't listen to that either. Um, but it was interesting because, um, it was an interesting social commentary on people not believing something that's real because they're so desensitized by conspiracy theories and stuff in society that actually they just didn't care or didn't perceive it to be a real threat, um, until potentially it was too late. This rogue planet thing sounds Bigger and less obvious than that scenario. So, so what you're seeing is a planet which is a pretty big thing, probably the biggest thing I can actually imagine in my mind. You know, the sun is pretty big as well. So, I'm imagining a pretty big thing that is not just a tiny meteor that can knock out the entire civilization as we know it. We're we're talking something equal size to the Earth that we're on, just hanging out in our solar system, just across the lanes not even necessarily going near a planet and then that can then cause like a gravitational effect that would potentially push us into the sun or further away from the sun changing our entire ecosystem um completely well i don't think there's any survival either way um life would have to adapt wouldn't it that's that's the the thing if life (laughs) if life could adapt to that yeah if we didn't
0: turn uh, into mercury
1: Yes, I got Jurassic Park into the podcast again. Two in a row. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Life finds all. um, So, yeah, I'm thinking thinking that there's fear there because it's fear of the unknown and not necessarily seeing it. But would you see it? So sometimes during the daytime, I see the sun and the moon in the sky at the same time, and I always think, gosh, it must be very dark on the other side of the planet if I can see the moon and the sun at the same time in my hemisphere. (laughs) So... What would it be like to see, like, you know, a Star Wars sized planet flipping, planet destroyer knocking around? You know, it'd be a lot larger than the moon because it'd be, you know, either bigger than the moon or closer. It is quite a. This um, is the scariest thing, right?
0: Now, this is the scariest thing about this idea. Now, we have this idea that we would, because it's so big, that we would see it right Mm -hmm. Um, because we have all of these telescopes and things that we should be looking out for rogue asteroids and, and things that could hit us and and we, yeah. Yeah. And we look at trajectories of things and rah, rah, rah. rah. Now the problem with a rogue asteroid, uh, a rogue planet, as opposed to an asteroid is we, we calculate asteroids trajectories and then do a big calculation of where that will pass us in. I just hit my microphone. Sorry about that. We 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 do a big calculation of where that um, asteroid will travel, and see what sort of distances from the Earth's surface that it will will pass. Right, so we can see it coming at us, and it can pass us at a million miles, and that's pretty close, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a million. So, and it sounds like a lot, but it's actually in cosmic scale. It's it's next door, right? It's you can see it. That's how close it is, or with your eyes. Now, if a rogue planet came even vaguely near our solar system and adjusted the the orbit of any other planet in the solar system, mm-hmm. the the flow-on effect of the, uh, would be catastrophic to the entire solar system. It wouldn't just be mm-hmm. our planet that would be affected by that gravitational pull. It would be suddenly mm-hmm. like you know your your bouncing ball. Uh, Newton's cradle stuff. The
1: intro to Third Rock from the Sun, where all the planets start jumping around the place.
0: Yeah, it would it, it. be like a, it, it, I mean, and and they and they don't have to move a lot for them for things to start going all kinds of crazy for us. We are in a very balanced area in the solar system, mm-hmm. and yep. moving us just a little bit would cause the kind of weather that you would expect from an asteroid actually hitting the planet. And we still wouldn't know that it was there. That's how crazy this mm. is. It could be, we, we only just found the ninth or the 10th planet. If you, it depends on if you're a Plutoist or not. I think I am. I think Pluto is a planet. Um, I, think,
1: I think I missed Pluto to be honest.
0: So, yeah. Pluto's back in my mind. Um, now, <laughs> now that we've seen it, it's a very active planet actually. It has volcanoes and all kinds of stuff. It's awesome. So that that being said, uh, go and look that up if you're interested in planets. Uh, They've just found the the tenth planet, and that took them many many years, even with all the technology that we have. This uh, planetary body wouldn't look well; you wouldn't be able to see it. It's not a star, and the way that we find planets out there in the in the galaxy is we actually just look at a sun and see if it if the light from that sun dips just a little bit and then we know that a planet is traveling around that sun. Now the issue is, is that we can't actually see that planet or or study that planet. We just know that it's there and we know how big it is potentially due to the dip in light and what we've experienced from other uh, solar systems that we look at. This planet's traveling out there on its own. It potentially would pass in front of sun so seldomly, that even that method, we would not be able to find it. It will just come out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, this gravitational force will enter our solar system uh, at, at, like, breakneck speeds. And all of a sudden, we are now all going to die. And (laughs) we'll know about it for a very small amount of time.
1: Does NASA, or the equivalent of NASA, globally... Like, do they not have some kind of planetary defense system or some kind of early warning satellite? Or, like, <laughs> what about the telescope that's in space that everyone talks about all the time? There's
0: lots you know. of telescopes in space. Hubble.
1: Hubble telescope, that's the one.
0: Now, have you ever, you've played Apex Legends, of course, and a number of people listening to our podcast. occasionally, And you may be... Yeah. You, think about Bloodhound, right? And, and his radar ability. character. Yeah. Yeah. So looking into space is kind of like that, where if you're looking over there and you take a picture, right, he then can see yeah. where
1: everybody is for a small amount of time. Like that pulse that. goes ping, and it that. spreads across everything, and it visualizes what it hits, and the solid objects light up. Basically, so there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of planets out
0: there in our galaxy. We have three hundred billion suns, and around those suns, potentially there's you know an average of six planets, and so you have to get three hundred billion times six, uh, and that's how many planets oh. and suns are out there in, in the galaxy. So, um, so potentially there are you know so many things out there. We take photos of all these things all the time. And then we go back and, and and of course it is a full 360 degree uh, around the planet that we have to to take photos of. Um, And we do have problems taking photos looking, I guess, down or up because we don't have telescopes pointed that way. So we have to use the space ones and they can only point certain ways at certain times. It is a potential that this thing is traveling uh, outside of the scope of that Telescope or or image capturing device as it flies past, and then you and then as the the camera moves, you just would never get a photo of it. So and and the amount of time it takes to analyze that data, you you wouldn't yeah, actually of you you wouldn't yeah, yeah. see it before you were dead. So we don't have it's not like what you would expect, like in a video game where you can just look out and you can see these giant masses coming towards you and you you know about it. This is this is the kind of thing that is pitch black. You can't see it. It has no light. It is it is uh, it, it is just a big rock, so to speak. Well,
1: space is, isn't it? It's all just blackness, black darkness. Yeah. It's black on yeah. black, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, if it went past so the sun, we'd be able to see it. Uh, but the, the closest sun. Is Proxima, and that is 4.7 light years away, which is a long, long, long way away. And even if the planet flew right past that sun, we wouldn't know about it for years. And even then we might think that it was a glitch because it would only happen once. So this is the kind of thing that uh, that keeps me up at night. I, I think about this stuff all the time. I think about all these things. Now, I've watched... Uh, this this particular interest was given to me through a documentary that I watched about how the world could end. And this one is the number one, by the way. <laughs>
1: number one happy documentary to watch before going to bed.
0: So I guess the, the moral of this story is YOLO. Just get on with it because crap, if there's a rogue planet out there about to kill us all, do you really want to be the one person that hasn't done all the things that they want to do, right? <laughs> Okay. Anyway, I you
1: think must... that's a good segue because uh, you were talking about watching watching things, and, and my next point is about watching things also. So that's quite it, interesting. it is. Yeah, it's totally the same thing. Uh... <laughs> totally the same thing. <laughs> so my 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 next. Topic I just want to before you um... say it
0: before you say it. Oh, say
1: it oh, okay.
0: I just want to say to uh, to all the people out there that this is this is. Uh, I can't say this doesn't represent our opinions. <laughs> because it it does um this is this is just for interest and, and comedic value only and it is not uh something that we really wanted it to do okay go
1: <laughs> okay yeah it's just just my warped mind um so yeah basically i was thinking like you know the other day i was sat down chatting with my friend and we were watching like all these food programs on netflix and stuff and they've got like this is food, this is food, and, like, they've got these, uh, you know, they make a fan and the fan, you cut it in half and it's a cake, right? You know, and all these different things. And I sat there perfectly, absolutely sober as a judge, not not any, any influence on my mind at all and I turned around and I went, do you think cannibals watch autopsies like we watch food programs? <laughs> It's like You're watching an autopsy and you're watching someone getting cut open and you know, you're watching Grey's Anatomy or whatever it is that you're watching and stuff, and it's like, you know everyone talks to me about my food uh habits. Everyone has an opinion on on why I eat what I eat and, and so on and so forth. And most of the time they formulate those opinions either by not listening to me or not talking to me. Um and it's interesting because quite often times a lot of people talk at me and bring that topic up. I don't actually bring it up. Um and sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable for me when I uh, I'm in a work do or something and it's like oh do you have any eating things and I'm like yes I have a food and they're like so what did you say like <laughs> yeah I, I I've got a meat allergy you know I can't actually eat red meat um so that's why i don't eat meat uh red meat on my stomach they don't get on my stomach thinks the red meat is me and starts eating myself um so as a result of that i then moved on to not eating any meat and i don't i don't particularly miss it either it's been a long time now a good good number of eight years or so of, of not eating meat um but because i can't eat red meat i cut out so all beef. but then people bring this topic of conversation up to me and and want to um you know Tell me that they liked eating an animal with a face, or that they enjoy eating burgers, even though they enjoy babe or or whatever. Um, I've been part of the <laughs> vegan community. I've, I've dated vegans in the past, and I've been yeah, I've been. But for me, because of medical things, um, more than um, ideology or or beliefs and stuff. I mean, I don't I don't like the idea of animals being hurt at all, um, and I I have my own views. Uh, and standpoints there and i will stand my ground on on my views if if that's in question but more often than not it's the fact that like oh you don't eat meat blah 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 mm-hmm. so i was talking to my friend about this watching um you know people bake cakes of tin cans that aren't tin cans they're actually cakes and so and i was just thinking you know cannibals do they actually watch you know autopsies like you know is, is does that is that their version of the food network <laughs> I think I, I,
0: I, and, and again, the reason why I potentially prefixed this was for the cannibals out there um, that don't yeah. even know they're cannibals, uh, not to offend them at all. Uh, but there are different types of cannibals in, in the world. Sure. And in fact, there's some that you would be surprised to hear about and potentially that you, did, you knew about but didn't realize uh, that they mm. were cannibals. Cannibalism is the act of eating one's own species. Uh, and, and cannibalism for humans, obviously, is eating another human um, or parts of a human. And that uh, is where it gets a bit tricky because the cannibal that we know mm-hmm. about is obviously Hannibal Lecter style cannibal who goes around killing bad guys and eating their brains or making them eat their own brain uh, and all that kind of stuff. All or the, or the tribe of people who put you on a spit roast and... Uh, and eat you up because, you know, they're too lazy to catch a kangaroo or whatever, um, or whatever else it is. I don't know what they catch in Africa lions and tigers and stuff. I mean, they're a bit more dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Kangaroos are pretty tame. Um, So you've got your, uh, you've got those types of cannibals. Then you've got the cannibals who think that eating part of a human or another human um, after they've died, uh, will give them some sort of uh, magical power or ability or yeah. or, or, or bond um, and these people are much more common there are There are people in western society who who do this and and actually, I think you'll find that uh, this one you know about but and but you don't you don't know what I'm talking about, but you know about them already. and this is the women who give birth to their child. And, and mm-hmm. eat their placenta. Oh, of course,
1: the placenta. Yes, yes, I am aware of this.
0: Right. So this is this very common practice. And in fact, there's all kinds mm. of recipes on the internet to to. I eat. didn't
1: know there was. I didn't know got went down fighting delicacies. Yeah. You know. Oh. I, I didn't realize they we're going to open delicatessens around the world.
0: So it yeah. is. It is. Not only is it. Uh, I think if okay. you want to do it, it's supported by the hospital they will give it to you. Yeah, okay. um, and in fact, if they don't, they're considered to be, it's a bad thing that the hospital wouldn't give it to you. So this is something that is perfectly accepted in Western culture, and it is a form of cannibalism. Uh, and it's, it's, it's actually, there's a lot of belief around it. Some people believe that they will be closer to their baby, that it will give them magical immunity powers, that... Um, mm it's a thing uh it, it it does seem to be with a lot of the same types of people that uh you know hold crystals next to their bed and this kind of stuff uh to get the vibrations of the universe into them but uh it's definitely a thing so those people are cannibals and i don't think they would watch autopsies <laughs>
1: and christians is yeah. it the body of christ that whole sort of thing uh I yeah, and that's
0: a, that's more of I a theoret- that that's a theoretical. That that. That's a the- <laughs> and then they're not Christians actually. Uh, well, they are in a way. They're Catholics and Catholics and Christians uh, are in all. That's men. a
1: whole podcast. Yeah, that's that's a that's a, <laughs> right that's a premium
0: podcast. If you'd like to subscribe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't have that set up yet, but we will. We will. Um, yeah. So Christians and Catholics. Uh, Catholics are the ones who who do the body of Christ, but actually Christians do it as well. I don't, it's not as the same. It's not like every week. Kind yeah. Of thing. Um, and, I, and I don't know the particulars about it. It isn't something that I'm particularly interested in. Um, I
1: unfortunately do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I know something about it. I don't know. I don't know enough yeah. to to participate in or to run a, an event of doing it. Uh, and I'm sure I can mm-hmm. find it out, but it's just not important to me. So the, the reality is, is that there yeah, there's plenty of cannibals around uh, that we know, that we talk to in every day. We don't find that weird. And also, like, the tribes of people, they don't necessarily eat uh, people as in they go out, capture someone, and eat them. Uh, they, they will, there are tribes who will eat the, the chief. Once the chief dies of, of natural causes, they'll then eat the chief, and then they become the chief, and that kind of thing. So the, there are yes. different levels of, of cannibalism that uh, is, is totally socially acceptable to the group, that you're in or even Western society um, or who that would particularly apply to. And I, and I don't know if there is a group other than the Hannibal Lecters that would take pleasure in watching somebody carve up a body. Sure. It's potentially the same way that most people who would eat a hamburger uh, with beef on it would take pleasure in watching somebody carve up a cow. Uh, and and there's obviously many cases of English people being cannibals as well. Uh, oh, yeah, we've
1: Yeah,
0: you know the main one uh, is the one where you know there's a plane crash in the mountains and it's, and it's really cold and, and nobody can get anywhere. They made a film out stuff. of it, didn't they? I'm sure they made uh, a film. Uh, there's out plenty of, it. of films. Yeah, where who's the first one is the question, right? Who's the <laughs> who draws the short straw? I think that's where short straw comes from. Who's the first one to get eaten? There, uh, there uh, is a
1: Scottish, a famous Scottish one, um, Alexander Bean, uh, otherwise known as Sawney. Uh, and he was the head of a 45 member clan in Scotland in the 16th century that murdered and cannibalized over 1000 people in the span of 25 years. There we yeah, go. There you go. There a there you famous go. British one there. Um, so
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't know if if it, I, I like the talking point because I do think cannibalism is a very interesting thing, and as I said, it is much more widespread than than previously you might have thought, uh, because there is quite a lot of it. But it isn't something where I think people, you know, there's no cooking network for cannibals and how to cook fava beans and grains at the same or liver or whatever. <laughs> I've never seen the movie. If I'm honest, I've seen the the beans. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's podcast that, on. Yeah, <laughs> I do have a fair bit of editing to do with this one. My nose, my kids. Um, it is. It, it probably won't come out till next week. Anyway, so hello next week, uh, and I hope you guys have a great week. And we will see you the week after. Thank you very much, guys, for listening, and I really appreciate you.